Hello and welcome back to another edition of Viper Bites as we continue our little series here looking at injury risk players amongst the certain positions here when it comes to fantasy football. And now it is time for us to turn our attention to the tight end position here. Now, like Doctor Strange and Infinity Wars, there is 14 million different reasons and outcomes for this show to be successful. But really, there's only one and I probably am not going to nail it on this one either. So let's get into it here now for the most part the tight end position is a fantasy wasteland when it comes to production and predictions it has been an absolute crapshoot the last few years now outside of maybe mark andrews and travis kelsey we as fantasy managers we have more questions than we're getting answers now of the top 20 producing tight ends in 2021 only five played in 17 games. That's right, only five tight ends in that top 20 managed to stay healthy for 17 games. And that may be pushing it because we know that health and injuries, being hurt and being injured, those are two separate things. Now, tight ends more than any other position are more susceptible to shoulder injuries, more susceptible to ankle injuries, and they're definitely more susceptible to hand injuries Due to the nature of the position, we're talking about guys who have to go over there, they have to block, and they got to run, and they go over the middle, they're going to get hit. That is what's going to happen. So it's no surprise that some of the top end talent of the position, they're going to find themselves in a serious injury risk type situation, just like the guy right here, George Kittle. Now, Kittle, he is being drafted late third, early fourth, depending on what kind of format that you're using for your fantasy drafts. And for me, that risk doesn't outweigh the reward at this point. Now, at 28 years of age, those injuries, they are starting to add up. Like, I mean, my injuries, they started adding up at like 20 years old. So, and I wasn't very talented. And I didn't play a very high level, but George Kittle, he's playing a high level. He's talented. He's getting hit every single day. So yeah, those numbers are going to have add up, but yet he still finished as a top five tight end. But from week to week, you didn't know what you were going to get. From weeks five to eight, Kittle would miss three games, and then from week 16 to 18, while he was healthy, he completely disappeared after producing three huge weeks. So he had three big weeks from George Kittle and then nothing for three weeks. Maybe that's more about the position than it is about the injuries, but hey, if you're not producing, you might as well just be injured, right? Now, he has not played a full season since 2018. He's missed 13 games in the last three seasons, and that, more than anything, is why he lands at the top of this list. Your best ability is often your availability. And despite all the rewards that he's going to give you, all that high-end production, he is going to miss time. He has missed time. Now, again, I talk about that high-end, that reward, finished as PFF's highest-graded tight end, 91.2, and repeated as the leader in yards per route run at 2.35 amongst the tight end position for the fourth consecutive season. He still finished tight end forward, both overall points and points per game, despite playing in just 13 contests. Now, if you get killed for in the four, late fourth, fifth, sixth round, hey, I'm all about it because there is some huge reward. There's going to be some kind of payoff, but it's just not going to be consistently throughout the season. Look, 2021, let's go through this rap sheet in 2021. Leg, he had that calf strain there back in that week three loss against the Packers. He played through it, but he was then eventually placed on the IR. Then he also dealt with that knee soreness ahead of week five contest against Atlanta. Then you go back to 2020, hamstring, MCL sprain, foot fracture. These injuries all added up throughout the season. 
back into 2019. He also had that knee sprain there, that patella sprain. So we know that there's going to be injuries. We know that risk is going to be high when it comes to George Kittle. We also know that the injuries are going to be high when you talk about Rob Gronkowski. So we've talked about George Kittle. He's a big-time player at the tight end position. So is Rob Gronkowski. These are guys who are getting targeted often in the offense, which means they're going to get hit quite a bit in their offenses. When Every time they touch the ball, they're going to get hit. It's just what's going to happen. Now, the veteran tight end easily has the longest injury rap sheet here, and that's due to the fact that he's played football at a very high level for a very long time. Now, Gorkowski's 2022. It's still in doubt. We don't know if he's going to retire. We don't know if he's going to play. So that's something to keep an eye on here. And he's only played 16 games once since 2011, including missing five games last season and 18 games over the last five years. Last year, the games that he did play, 12 games. 55 receptions, 802 yards, six touchdowns. That was good enough to be the tight end seven in fantasy. And the tight end three would keep the fantasy points per game. So yeah, you can pencil him in basically as a top five tight end when he's available. Problem is, we don't know what that's going to look like. Why did he miss time last year? We had back spasms going back into week eight. We had that punctured lung back in that week four loss to the Rams in which he missed four games. That also included that uh, rib fracture there. Back in 2018, he had a back sprain. He had some lumbar problems there. So we know that these injuries are starting to add up when it comes to Rob Gronkowski. So it's really no surprise when he has to go out there and he's banged up. Next up on the list here, newly acquired Jacksonville Jaguar tight end, Evan Ingram. Bad hands are not the same as broken hands. Although figuratively speaking, Ingram's hands, I guess technically they are kind of broken. He has played 16 games just once in his five-year career while missing 16 games over that same period. Yes, yeah, 16 games. That's the equivalent of missing an entire season. So there's reasons why we don't trust Evan Ingram, and you can easily see why he's going to land on any kind of injury risk list. Now, after missing the first couple of games last season with that calf strain, Ingram seemed to labor much of the season after that. He just didn't seem the same, didn't have the same burst. So that calf strain seemed to bother him all throughout the season. Or was it just the fact that he was maybe compensating for other parts of his body that were not 100%? We don't know. Hey, I'm no doctor. Again, I'll repeat that. One injury often leads to the other injury, and everything kind of plays off one another. Now, stop if you've heard this before. The risk outweighs the reward. The reward outweighs the risk when it comes to Ingram, making him a value. No, he's not a value, no matter how you want to look at it. Save yourself the headache. If he plays, good for him. If he has success, even better for him. I cannot trust him on fantasy rosters. We talked about that calf strain in 2021. In 2020, it was another calf pull. In 2019, it was a foot sprain. In 2019, again, MCL. 2018, hamstring, MCL, concussion in 2018. The list goes on and on when it comes to Evan Ingram. Just avoid him at all costs. He's not giving you the production to compensate for whatever that risk may be, like Gronkowski, Kittle. I can deal with those risks because I, I know there's going to be some reward. Evan Ingram, there has not been a reward. doesn't mean there won't be, but right now I cannot get on board with this. Another tight end here, another guy getting a little bit older, Arizona Cardinal, Zach Ertz. How does he end up on this list after playing 17 games last year, split between Philadelphia and Arizona? Well, back in 2000, uh, 2020 there, he missed five games. He has missed nine games going back to 2016. So there is a history of him missing time. Like I said, he did pull his hamstring there. He didn't miss any time in week one against the Falcons. 
2020, that was that high ankle sprain. That's what cost him way back in week six against the Ravens. That missed five games. 2019, rib fracture, kidney laceration. Those things added up. 2017, concussion. 2017, hamstring. So there is a running list here when it comes to injuries to Zach Ertz. Truth is, he was of value at the position last year for a fantasy ranking fifth in PPR points with 180.7. But at 31 years of age, these injuries are going to continue to add up. Even the slightest injuries are more significant once you kind of cross that 30-year-old uh, threshold there. Ertz is getting to that age. Like I said, that body, it doesn't recover like it once did. And I don't care how great of an athlete you are. Those injuries, they add up. That each and every nick and sprain and bump and bruise lasts just a little bit longer. Then again, hey, I wish my body, I, I could recover the way these guys did. Now, I expect Ertz to grant owners a nice little trade window, especially with DeAndre Hopkins being suspended for the first six games of the season, knowing that Kyler Murray historically starts off the season well. And Marquise Brown, he's in the fold to stretch defenses, which means Zach Ertz should be making some play there underneath. Now, number five here, more than so than anything, I just want to scare some owners here because Kyle Pitts, he comes in here at my number five ranked injury risk amongst the tight end position. Well, and I, like I said, it's to scare people away, but listen, we talk about the significant injuries that go down into the tight end position, shoulders, ankles, hands. Those are all high injury risks at the position. Now, add in the fact that Pitts is not your typical tight end and he plays like a wide receiver. The risks, the knees, the hamstrings, these increase as well. Now, my math isn't great, but if you have three high-end risk factors and you add in two more high-end risk factors, that puts you now at five high-end risk factors, which is a lot more than maybe some other players at this position. Currently, Kyle Pitts' ADP is lower than it was in 2021, which may give you a little bit of a sense of value. Now, just 21 years old, Pitts finished third amongst tight ends in receiving yards, 1,018 through 17 weeks, and was third in route participation at 80%. But he did suffer there in January, that thigh hamstring strain pull, probably because he does do a lot of wide receiver stuff. Not saying that tight ends can't pull their hamstring, but it does increase at the wide receiver type position there he had a couple concussions there going back or a concussion going back to his time at florida there he where he missed two games in that game over to georgia so although he doesn't have a whole lot on this rap sheet so far as far as injury risk is concerned he's still a guy that he get he's too involved not to run some kind of a risk but hey his reward definitely outweighs the risk factor here now no fat is one more guy's going to quickly touch on here Last year, he did have a knee, knee strain. In 2008, not 2020, sorry, he did have a chest rib injury, ankle sprain, significant type injuries there that had him miss time. Now, is Drew Locke and Geno Smith an injury prognosis for a pain in the butt? Eh, either one of them can't be good for the old body. You just have a feeling that one of them is going to hang him out to dry at some point. Now, he's only missed two games in three seasons, but... He's always seeming to have something that's ailing him. Now, tight end, it is a ugly position in fantasy. And the fan really could turn into a type tight end one type player next year. Mind you, he's probably a little bit closer to tight end two. But hey, being in, in that range of 10 to 14 is definitely in the range of outcomes. Or talk about Noah Fant. Now, the one more thing here that you want to make sure is in your range of outcomes is that you're hitting that notification button. Make sure you are subscribing to the Vipers Network here on YouTube. And if you're watching us or listening to us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, 
Anchor, whatever that podcasting platform may be. Take a second, download it, and rate and review the show. And when news breaks, when things go down, we are here and we got you covered. So make sure to tune in, and we'll see you next time.